Let's open our Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. It says, Now as they spoke, this is Peter and John, okay, uh, to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. It came to pass on the next day that their rulers and elders and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and many that were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, by what name have you done this? Peter and John, in the former in Acts 3, has healed the blind man, born blind, or the lame man, born lame. And uh, they have healed him, and he went leaping and dancing and shouting into the temple. And then they preached in Jesus, and all these folks were saved. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and people and elders of Israel, if this day uh, we are judged for a good deed done to the helpless man by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that... It spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them, and from now on that they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot help but to speak the things which ye have seen and heard when they further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old whom this miracle of healing had happened and been performed. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Sunday school hour, for the vacation Bible school that we just finished. and Father, for all that you're about in the life of our church. We ask that your spirit would continue to have the freedom to move among us, that you'd be high and lifted up, that your word would go forth in truth and in power, and that we would respond and not be forgetful hearers, but faithful doers of your word. We thank you for your blessings, especially the blessing that you're here with us this morning. Speak to our hearts. Give us understanding. Give us courage to respond to you in a positive way. 
And Lord, as you do this for us, we'll praise the name of Jesus as we leave this place, saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord today. For it's in Christ's name I pray all these things. Amen. Many of us uh, like to read about tales of valor or bravery or courage, however you want to uh, determine it. We like to, to hear the tales of those uh, men and women who go above and beyond what they're able to save other men and women or, or to help a situation or to stand for what is right. I know that as a child growing up, I was the hero. I got to be uh, uh, Batman or I got to be John Wayne or, or maybe it was one of the others that, that I got to be. Maybe it was the Lone Ranger. But as I got older, it still never gave me the courage to, to stand up to the bully of the bus. And many of us would like to be more bold, more courageous for Christ to impact our world. But we just don't know how to be that brave. This section of Scripture tells us some things on how to be brave or courageous for Christ. But there's some things that have to happen. You see, basically, we can be that brave for Christ because when we partake of Christ's victorious death and resurrection, it gives us courage. When we partake of Christ's victorious death and resurrection, it gives us courage. In other words, when we've been saved and we have the Holy Spirit, we can stand boldly before men and women and proclaim who Jesus really is. So, how do we become courageous? Well... It starts with a personal conviction. It starts with a personal conviction. In verse 20, Peter says this. He said to these guys, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You see, they were under compulsion. They had seen Jesus. They had watched Him be glorified on the mountain. They had watched him perform miracles. They had heard his words. They watched him crucified. And they had seen the risen Lord. And they could not help but tell what had happened to them about Jesus. And they had that personal conviction, that compulsion. He goes on in verse 19. He says, you be the judge whether it's right to obey you more than God. And the obvious answer, the way the Greek is constructed, no. It's never. And so they had this personal compunction, this, 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 this personal conviction, this rock-bottom belief, however you want to say it, that they had to tell what they had seen and heard. If you're lacking courage, it starts with knowing Jesus as your Savior because that will give you the conviction that He changes lives. If you don't have that conviction, you don't have anything to tell about. And for some reason, we think that it's optional. That if we know Jesus, we can keep it to ourselves. But they said we cannot help but tell what we've seen and heard. Do we tell? Do we tell how we were saved? Do we tell what the Savior means to us today? Do we tell about the answered prayers that no one else can explain, but we know we prayed and God answered? Do we tell about Jesus? Do we have that personal conviction, that compulsion? You see, these men turned from cowards to courageous. These guys forsook Jesus. They left him. Peter even denied him three times. And yet here in this passage of Scripture, the very ones who were such cowards they couldn't stand by Jesus when he needed them the most, 
stand there pointing the fingers at the very men who had crucified Christ, who had arranged everything politically, those powerful men in, in Judaism, and said, you crucified him, you killed him, but God raised him from the dead. See, they had been saved and they went from being afraid to being bold. They went from mealy mouth to loud mouth. They went from backing up to charging forward. They went from disillusionment to divine happiness because they knew the living Savior. They had changed from cowards to the courageous, all because. Of their conviction. You see, in First Peter chapter one, in First Peter chapter one, verse seventeen. It starts off, and Peter tells us this. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time and your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. For he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your hope and faith are in God. You see, we believe in one who rose from the dead. We believe in one who is seated at the right hand of the Father. We believe in one who makes intercession for us. We believe in one who is all-powerful. He's the creator, the sustainer, the redeemer, the bright and morning star, the Age of ages. He is God Almighty. The God man. And that should give us. Courage. And the courage. Of great convictions. Changes our world. See these guys. Could stand up. Because they would met Christ. If you've accepted Christ as your savior. He empowers you with courage. And with boldness. He encourages you with the Holy Spirit. To speak up for him. In an age. And get it understood. It's even here in America. In an age when it's not popular. To talk about Jesus. We're supposed to talk about Jesus. In an age when they want us to hush up. We should shout up. We need to understand it's time for Christians to quit backing up. And make a stand in America for Jesus Christ. That what we do matters for future generations. We're going to stem the tide of our country going downhill, away from God. It's time for Christians to stand up and be counted for. But it takes conviction. And the conviction is, I serve a risen Savior. I serve one who is greater than all. Do you? If so, where is your courage? Where is your conviction? It needs to be proclaimed in the neighborhoods we live in, the places we work, the places we play, that we belong to Jesus Christ and we will not be shamed for it anymore. Do we understand that? You see, you need to ask, are you walking with Him? Has He empowered you to be bold? 
Do you have the courage of the conviction that he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings? Does it show in what you do and how you do it? It should for all of us. But you see, courage just isn't a matter of personal conviction. If we have true courage, biblical courage, it becomes a public concern. A public concern. I see the officers here, the chief priests, the rulers. They were angry that the apostles had healed this guy. And they were telling everybody about Jesus' power doing it and that he rose from the dead. They didn't like that. They tried to put a stop to that and how it was spreading. 5,000 guys are saved because of the message of Peter and John at the temple. They didn't like it. The officers didn't much care about the little people. They just cared about their their little station in life. And if it spread more, they were going to lose their station in life. They were going to lose their influence over the people. They were going to lose their money that they got for controlling the folks. All those things weighed heavily on them, and they shouldn't have because if you have courage, if you really believe in Jesus, it becomes a matter of public concern. You see, you can't be a private Christian. I want you to know Jesus never called anybody in private. They had to take a stand for him. You can't be a chameleon. Be with one crowd one way and a Christian crowd another way. We call that something else besides chameleon. We call that hypocrite. We can't just blend in and get along. I want to tell you something. The cause of Christ is such that you're either for him or against him. You don't just get along. Christ is a polarizing figure of all of history. Do you realize he wasn't liked when he was here the first time? They're not going to like us either. That's what he said. They will hate you for my name's sake. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Do we understand that it was a matter of public concern and these officials didn't like it becoming public? They wanted to put a stop to it. But there was the overcoming. 1 John 4.18 says it this way, Perfect love casteth out fear. Say it with me. Perfect love casteth out fear. One more time. Perfect love casteth out fear. In other words, the love of Christ and what he's shown to us, the love of Christ and what he's done for us, the love of Christ and how he's changed us, how he blesses us, how he walks with us, how he's with us, cast out fear. If you're fear afraid, start to say afeard, but that's not right. It'll work. It preaches, but but my wife is frowning at me, so don't use that word. If you're afraid of sharing Jesus, have you not experienced the love of Christ? Is your love quotient low? Because perfect love casts out fear. It's the overcoming. See, here Peter and John, they're walking along. This guy is sitting there begging, lame. He fixes his eyes when they say, look at us, thinking he's going to receive something. And then he hears those words, silver and gold had I none. I know he's doing like this. Well, leave me alone. Let me get some money for supper. But such as I had, give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Elizabeth, how's the song go? He went leaping and jumping and praising God. You're not singing it. Thank you. 
She teaches the little kids that. Sometimes I think we Baptists need to leap and praise just a little bit because, because you need to understand it's a public concern. And perfect love casts out fear. And so if we really love Jesus, we're not afraid to share. You say, I don't like that, Brother Gary. I don't care. If the love of Christ is so poured into our hearts, it's, he said it would become living water springing up into eternal life. And that word means overflowing. It, it, it means a spring that just keeps coming up, an artesian well that overflows with the love of God and runs to other people. You can't keep Jesus in a box. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Do we understand that? Wayne Ward is a deacon at, uh, I think it's First Baptist Houston. He's either First or Second Baptist Houston. And he relates the story of going and, and they knock on doors to invite people to church and to find out where they are spiritual. He knocks on this door. You hear him knocking? And inside, hears the patter of little feet running for the door. And he hears the mama saying, Little Jimmy, don't you touch that door. Don't you open it. And he said very quickly, he said, I didn't want want him to disobey his mama, but I prayed, Lord, let him open that door. They need you. And little Jimmy opened the door, and mama found Christ. He said he learned something about that prayer, because sometimes we, we knock timidly on the door and we say, Lord, don't let him be home. Right? Yeah. He says, now when I knock on the door, I say, Lord, please let them be home. They need you. It changed his life to see that woman saved. Lord, Lord, they need you. And you see, it becomes a matter of public concern. And we need to, to, to let Jesus love us more. And we need to love him more. And we need to let that love spread to other people. Maybe you're not called to, to knock on doors cold turkey, but maybe you're just to... to Witness to your neighbors. Maybe you to, to love your neighbors in such a way that they can't get away from God. See, they can deny a lot of things. They can't deny the love of Jesus shown through you and me. But at some point, they didn't know why we love. Because Jesus loved us. At some point, they've got to know Jesus. You see, we need to minister to those folks saying, Lord... They need you. Did that during Bible school. I don't know how many of the parents told y'all this. I hope he told a lot of the teachers this. They were, they were so impressed with the church and the love and how everybody was friendly. And several were uh, younger people and, and looking for some place to, to feel more at home. Not in church. Had been in church in years past. You did a good thing, church. Bible school is expensive. Bible school is so much work. But Bible school is worth it. It's worth it because we tell people about Jesus. And I've noticed that those teachers who might be a little afraid to go out into the community and just knock on doors, they tell Jesus very well in those lessons. Because we love Jesus. It, listen to me. If you really belong to Christ and you want courage or boldness, It's got to become a matter of public concern. Are we concerned for the lost in our area? Are you concerned enough that you've marked your calendar for revival time? Are you concerned enough that you're starting to pray for those you know who are lost for revival time? Are you concerned enough that you're praying for the church for revival time? Are you concerned enough 
that whatever it takes, Lord, we want revival. If not, I ask why not. The last thing is very simple, you see. It, it, <clears throat> courage issues or comes out of a prayerful communion. A prayerful communion. Uh, drop down to verse 23. A prayerful communion. It says, I'm being let go. So John and Peter are let go. They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So they've been threatened. They've been warned. Don't teach in this name. Don't preach in this name. Don't heal in this name. Don't mention this name. So they told them all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. Listen, they got into a a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. They said, Lord... You are God who made heaven and earth, and he is, and the sea, yes, and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of David your servant have said, Why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. That had all come to pass when they crucified Jesus, and then he rose from the dead. For truly your Against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. What an accident. Jesus wasn't at the wrong place at the wrong time. It was God's plan. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, courage comes from a prayerful communion. Before you ever tell anybody about Jesus and stand up for him, you need to bow before him. One writer said it this way. When you bow before Christ, you can stand before anyone. Did you hear that? When you bow before Jesus, you can stand before anyone. And so under the peril for communion, I saw the request. The apostles have been arrested, kept overnight, threatened. They go back and you'd think their, their request would be, Lord, get them or, or Lord, deliver us from this situation or something like that. But it wasn't a prayer for any kind of deliverance from persecution or the face of death. They had killed Jesus. They could very well do the same thing. They didn't pray for that kind of deliverance. Leave us in this situation, Lord. But let us speak boldly. Let us tell others about Jesus. What was the result They were given boldness and departed to serve. See, prayer and shoe leather go together. My father-in-law said you can grow any church if you'll wear out shoes and knee pads. He did it. For years. Do we understand that? Are we wearing out knee pads and shoe leather? It takes invitations. It takes witnessing about Christ. It takes prayer. But you need the prayer first. And the key to boldness is spending time with God in prayer. Because when we realize how good our God is, how powerful our God is, how great our God is, how awesome our God is, fear tends to depart. The devil's chief tool in hindering the church is making Christians afraid to tell about Jesus. 
Because when we spend time with Him, we can't contain anymore the joy of studying His Word, the joy of praying. Y'all should be rocking back and forth too. Get some joy. Come on. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And when we do that, it's not hard to tell others about Jesus. But are we spending time with Him? If you ever wanted to be brave for the Lord, you need a... few things you need a personal conviction you need a public concern and you need a prayerful communion if you start with those boldness braveness for Jesus will come to be counted in the kingdom of God some of you need to come this morning to be brave by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior publicly some need to come in rededication saying, I want to be braver for Christ to tell others about him. Some need to come and join the church through baptism or statement or letter. Some need to come, maybe answer a special call to service. But you know that God has been speaking to you and you know you need to come. And today's the day to do exactly that. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And after I pray, we're going to stand. Brother Ronnie is going to be there to lead us in a hymn invitation. And you don't wait. You come as God has called you to come. Father... Give us your grace. Give us your boldness. Remind us of who you are and what you did for us and what you'll do for others. Fill us with your spirit and give us your power. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. But Lord, let it shine forth so that others want that joy. Father, lead us to those situations where we can witness and help others find you. For you're the answer to life's problems. You're the answer to living a happy, satisfied life. So, Father, give us courage. Courage to make the decisions you want made public today, today. In Christ's name, amen.